Good evening, everyone. Let's get started. Hey Jen. Hey Noam, how you doing? All right, it's uh, it's Wednesday night, and we're uh, especially especially all crossed <laughs> out. Every week, I'm like, this is we've reached peak peak all crossed <laughs> out, and then we somehow manage to. It's a false, you know, like in mountaineering, there's a concept called a false peak, where you think you've reached the top of the mountain, and then like you crest the hill, and then you see the the actual peak is still like <laughs> we're super far ahead. They say that people actually, like, people who do mountaineering like that get, like, um, psychological breakdowns from that shit. Like, it's actually dangerous. But, yeah, like, that's, I feel like that's where, uh, that's where we're at. Um, yeah, and, there's, uh, there's always a new high or low to discover. Yeah, I guess it depends on how you look at it, right? High or low. <laughs> <laughs> a high of lows. And so here we are in the, uh... In the hard to pronounce uh, muscocalypse, <laughs> the tongue twisting muscocalypse that I tried to teach you how to pronounce with a, a mnemonic that we're not going to repeat here. No, I'm not, yeah, I'm not repeating that. No. no. <laughs> I said to Jen, uh, "Here's how to here's how to do this," and her reply was like, "Can we?" I want to end this conversation. Now. I'm feeling uncomfortable. This is going in the sexual harassment lawsuit from when, like, once this podcast makes like millions of dollars, that she's that it's already in her like in her like ugly breakup uh, blackmail finding her compromise file. <laughs> I got to screenshot that shit. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, and so, yes, you know, I feel like I, I feel like we I have deja vu. Because we already, like, we already went through this whole, like, oh, my God, Elon yeah. Musk bought Twitter. This is crazy. <coughs> and, and along comes the actual thing, which now is, I, we don't even know if it's the actual thing, right? Well, here's kind of the thing. And we'll get the nerdy part of this out of the way. So, in principle, at this point, the board of Twitter and Elon Musk have agreed to the sale of Twitter to Elon Musk for a specific sum of money. But that does not mean that Elon Musk owns Twitter right now. It's not like going to the grocery store and like, okay, I'm buying this rotisserie chicken and here's my $5 and now I own this rotisserie chicken. There's still a lot of stuff that still needs to be gone through because especially since it's, it's going to kind of be like a two-step process because not only is Elon Musk trying to buy Twitter, but he's also taking it from a public company to a private company. So then there's going to be shareholders that need to be bought out. There's going to need to be delisting that happens. Um, still going to have to go to the SEC, which famously the SEC and Elon do not get along. So I don't entirely trust the SEC to not try to fuck with them here. But there's still a lot of stuff going on. So probably, I mean, maybe by the end of the year, Elon will have the keys to Twitter. Maybe, but... 
that also kind of plays into a lot of the reactions and the conspiracy theorizing going on right now on Twitter. It, well, yeah, because I said we're, we're going to there's there's a lot of again, a lot of angles to tech. Um, but the the one that's the funniest is this the thing you're describing the the wish casting the fan ficting the mm-hmm. uh hopium snorting um about all kinds of yes all kinds of ways that this won't happen it kind of reminds me i always think about the the super bowl it's the end of the super bowl but then there's like wait they're going to put three more tenths of a second on the <laughs> clock and then maybe they can do two onside kicks and then maybe the, and the it's like, no, it's fucking over. Okay. So, you know, when the, um, let's go into sports for a second. When the, um, when the, uh, when the Pats lost the Super Bowl to the Giants, it was the, the, the famous 18 and 0 season when they lost yes. with that crazy catch or whatever. Uh, the next day, I listened on the radio to a comedian named Bob Kelly, who was a giant Boston guy, like old school Boston fan, his entire family, Boston. And there was like he was describing like the trauma of this of this loss. Right. And he's he was describing this, this idea of like, wait, but the clock, you know, like the game's over. Everybody's celebrating or whatever. And everybody there is saying like, look, there was one second on the clock and then maybe we can appeal the next day to the NFL to have the results overturned. And it's like, no, you've lost. No, you've lost. Done. Right. And I don't, now, now, this isn't I don't that. Want to anything right? about trauma. No, trauma watching that game was being a Giants fan. That was trauma. (laughs) (laughs) That shit shaved years off my life. I'm putting that on my arm. I I watched that game in Boston with Boston fans, actually. Uh, Yeah, it it was an interesting night. There was riot police on every street corner in Boston and the streets were abandoned. Very funny, weird night. Um, because Boston was still uh, recovering from the fact that uh, when the Sox won the World Series in 2004, I believe, some girl died, some college girl. She got a be- a police beanbag in the eye, I believe, yeah. and died at- during the celebrations. And so there was this fear of a, ch- a Boston sports championship celebration. And they were like, we're going to make sure that it doesn't get out of hand. But yeah, in the end, it was like the only people out on the street were riot police. Very <laughs> weird. I don't know how we got here. Uh, oh, yes. I mean, so this isn't that. There are ways where this won't work, right? Where this won't happen. They definitely won't be because Elon Musk tweeted a thing about one of the executives at Twitter and that violates the non-disparagement clause. I don't think people understand the point of a non-disparagement clause. When you're standing to make billions of dollars, like you're the guy being paid billions of dollars, you're not going to say, no, don't give me your money because you disparaged me. That's not the point of that clause. And the funny thing is, is the tweet in question, which for everybody who missed this particular drama, um, was a Vijaya. I don't, I don't want to mispronounce her name because if you mispronounce it, you could end up in some weird places. Well, you know what? As someone who has had their name mispronounced an infinite amount of time, I will call her Vijaya Gade. That's how okay. I'm getting. We could go listen to the. The Eli, the uh, the the Joe Rogan podcast where she's on because I assume she will say her name, but 
I think it might be Vijaya Gade. I think that's yeah. what it looks like, and it, it that sounds that sounds like it wouldn't be crazy for someone with like a South Asian heritage to have a name that sounds like that. I don't know. I think I'm digging myself a, a deeper hole <laughs> by trying to pronounce it correctly. But whatever, you you, you know who we're talking about. Yeah. So if anything, we just made her name more exotic. Whatever. So. Obviously, if you do pay attention, you know this is the same woman who Twitter did send onto the Joe Rogan podcast as I, I keep calling it trust and safety. I guess I don't technically call it trust and safety anymore. That's a different name, but y'all know what I'm talking about. The She's basically the head of the department of Twitter that is in charge of making the decisions on content moderation. A Politico, the Politico article about her said that it, within Twitter, she's considered the quote unquote moral authority. Yeah. I think that describes it. I think that says it best. She was Twitter's moral authority. Yeah. And so what or ended is, up actually. Yeah. So anyway, for those of you who are paying attention, same woman we're talking about. Anywho. What happened after the announcement that Elon Musk and the and the board of directors has come to an agreement in principle to purchase Twitter? Everything started coming out about how the internal meetings in Twitter had gone down. And Politico reported that apparently during her meeting, she started crying, which is completely understandable. I mean, it's it's a big change. I mean, and if you if it's a situation where you've put a lot of yourself into a business, into a company, and it's a situation where you think, okay, maybe I'm going to lose my job. I don't know. Nobody quite knows. There's nothing wrong. That with I don't think is the fear as much as you're right. It's it's stressful when new management comes in that you know is very publicly displeased with the way your department works. Yes. Right. That's the thing. Like, imagine you're in shipping, you know, in a company or whatever, and a new boss comes in who th- who has is famously thinks the shipping of the company is taking over is terrible. You're like, uh oh, yeah, <laughs> not yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so Politico reported that she cried during the meeting. Okay, cool, whatever. No, I mean, I don't feel like she deserves any shade for that. But they reported her out by name, and so in a response like a reply tweet to the Politico story, Elon Musk replied that he felt that the decision on the Hunter Biden story was a bad decision. And so that's, that's what started this. That tweet started this. Like it was literally that benign that just Elon Musk tweeted that. I I think that the, and I'm paraphrasing because I don't feel like looking up his tweet but basically that the decision on the Hunter Biden story, the Hunter Biden laptop story, was a bad decision. Yeah, he said like inappropriate. I think there was an adverb there, like highly inappropriate or something like that. Yeah. But but that's it. That's I mean he didn't it was a, it was extremely a milk toast. Uh, he, like when Elon Musk wants to be vicious, he is. In this case, all he did was that and then he shared a meme later that also had a picture of her from her Joe Rogan appearance or whatever. But the the point keep going because we're getting you're you're getting yeah. to the point that we want to make about this. Yeah, and the point is that what Elon Musk said was not directed at her specifically or at anybody specifically, nor was it a particularly controversial opinion that millions of other people have not expressed about the Hunter Biden laptop story. But 
everybody decided to try to run with this and make it as if he was attacking Vijaya personally, that this was him disparaging Twitter, that this was him possibly violating any kind of contractual agreement that he would have entered into as far as purchasing Twitter and having like responsibilities. Like we talked about this in the last episode about him having like fiduciary responsibilities and having certain responsibilities to not disparage the platform in public. And everybody got completely out of pocket over this very benign statement of that is, uh, I mean, it's true. I mean, it was a bad decision. Even now, Dorsey admits it was a bad decision. And and you know what? And and here's the thing, because I'm, you know, I, I feel like I was the only person who this whole controversy started. And I, I thought to myself, like, OK, what is this? Who is this woman exactly? And went to look and the, the thing and, and, and we're going to get it, it, to it in a second. But um, because even I it, even if you read that Politico article and they do. um they do explain her role at Twitter as being like high level and central. You don't get a sense of who she is exactly. And so, I mean, I just, I just go for the, like the cheap shot. I, I, I Google uh, somebody's net worth just as a fishing expedition. Right. And sometimes you, sometimes you find these, like there are these weird websites that do estimates and you don't know how and they're shady or whatever. But often when you do that, or I think I wrote, I think I'd search for salary specifically. I think I, I Googled her name and the word salary and an article came up that said that in 2021, she made $17 million and that she had gotten a 130% raise over her 2020 salary, which was about $7 million. And so Again, this woman, they say, sure, she's the lawyer and she's the this and she cried and and Elon Musk tweeted about her and and how terrible all of these like tech reporters who say like, imagine Will uh, Will Estes or whatever, imagine waking up and seeing that the new owner of your company said something was about you going to work as though she works a nine to five. She's a top level tech executive, right? She's not 50 yet. She's 48. She's not even 50. She made $25 million over COVID, right? Being uh, someone who is senior enough at such a central company that she got to decide that the fucking president gets banned while he's still president. I mean, that's how much, like, that's how much, like, uh, influence she has. She's not just like, uh, she's not just like a seat filler in a boardroom or whatever. She's a fucking, as I said to you offline, Jen, she's a fucking rock star. Like, she's probably, she's hot shit, right? And all of these fucking dudes who, like, will never see as much money as she makes in a year ever are out here white knighting for her as though she's oh, she's getting harassed. She got a few mean tweets. Somebody screencapped four tweets of people calling her, like, whatever, the C word. As though she gives a shit. She's a fucking... She's probably a shark, too. Like, I mean, I, that's the thing. Like, I say, 
I hate this woman, like on an ideological hate, what is a strong word, whatever. But like, I, I like my problems with her are like, uh, uh, like ideological, conceptual, or whatever. But I have way more respect for her than these people who supposedly defend her because oh, women of color on the internet. It's like seriously, this woman like is way more accomplished than you, and probably has way thicker skin than you. There's a lot of projection. There's a lot of like the people whose job is it is to be a pundits on the internet because that stuff hurts them so much. They project that like onto other people, but she's probably, she deals with way worse. Again, like I said, she got to decide that Trump got, that was her and she went on a podcast to defend it. Like that's how much of a, of, of a, of her decision that was rather than like, oh, my boss told me and I had to do what my boss told me, right? Like she was the one who went to like defend it on a platform where she would be challenged about it. Like seriously, give her a little credit that she can take it. And if not, she can take her tens and tens of millions of dollars that she, she's been working at Twitter for 11 years or something. And yeah, she probably made, I don't know, $100 million working there, $50 million. She could just take it and go home. Yeah, I'm just like, and that's the thing that kills me about this is like the attitude, like she's just some humble desk jockey at Twitter. And I'm like, do you understand how little of a fuck I would give if I made $17 million in a year? What some people's, fuck it, give me the mean tweets. I don't give a shit. I'm going to dry my tears with money. And you know what? And even if it's, and even if, because 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 millionaires and billionaires have feelings too and their feelings can get hurt i'm just saying like somebody who's that at least wait for them to say that they're upset before you decide that this is terrible for them you know yeah. like i'm sure she doesn't love this but the thing that she might look at this is like okay fine here's my exit strategy i don't know like she might look at this as a very like a businessy thing and the fact that she got teary in a meeting with her employees is a little different and like you said i don't i don't fault anyone you know, like something that happened because because even if you've been following, like even if you were the Cassandra that followed this Elon Musk thing from the very beginning, we're still talking like three months ago, right? And so in December, somebody saw a tweet of Vijaya's in December where she was opening a bottle of Cristal or whatever, because you probably saw her, like, year-end fucking yeah. <laughs> statement or something like she that. She checked her bank account. <laughs> right. And so, again, to to go from, you know, in, to, uh, in a very quick, like, very quickly to a situation of, like, total uncertainty is fucking stressful, no matter how much money you have or make, and that's fine. Like, I, I and the, another thing that upset me, by the way, is the idea that uh, by not mentioning her by name, by replying to a tweet that mentioned her name but had a screen cap of the Politico article that mentioned her name, not at mentioning her Twitter name, but yeah. that it's it, it's supposedly Elon Musk's fault and not Politico's fault for writing an, a, a gossipy article about how the head counsel of Twitter cried at a meeting. What was the news value of that fucking article to begin with? Like, I mean, I don't care because I'll, I'll read gossip, but like, don't 
but like blame them then it's a fucking it's like a tabloidy article about it and then it got even worse on twitter because and i'll butcher his name too i don't care but was it sarjan don't even make me pronounce his last name who actually tweeted out the political political article oh sagar and jetty yes yeah and so elon musk somehow I don't even know how Elon has time to like reply to all of these tweets, but he replied to his tweet. And then, then, then somebody from the Washington Post reached out to his producer at two in the morning to get a comment from him asking, well, what, how, how does he feel about the fact that Vijaya, there's, there's this pylon and what, was he intending to have happen when he, when he said these tweets and he made this amazing tweet thread. And the favorite part of the tweet thread to me is like, he's responding to like, what, the, what did I intend? I don't know. It was a fucking tweet. <laughs> like, yeah. And, fuck? and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and, uh, again, this, uh, this, this idea that, um, that the the media that report a thing like this, like the source that it comes from, gets a pass. This is kind of like the Taylor Lorenz syndrome. Not to drag her into this, but the idea because there was because Tim Pool and the Babylon and not the Babylon. Be sorry, Jeremy Boring of the Daily Wire uh, rented out a billboard in Times Square, and all it said is Taylor Lorenz doxed libs of TikTok. Oh my god. It was like a video <laughs> yes. billboard in Times Square that said this. Um and uh and Taylor Lorenz, you know, like commented on it and said yeah. like this was an effort to like discredit my reporting. And then she said something like she tweeted something that was just extremely unself-aware of her, which was something like, you know, my family members got harassed over this and got doxxed and all kinds of stuff like that. Right. And you're it's I'm looking at Jen right now because we do a video chat and Jen is like demonstrably rolling her eyes as I say this. <laughs> um but 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 if you I can't challenge her because she blocked me years ago, but uh, but if you would say if you said to her like okay, but this also happened to libs of TikTok, what she would say is yeah, but I'm a report like I work for the Washington Post and I'm a serious reporter and my stuff gets fact checked and vetted and edited and I worked on it a lot. She sees and it's not just her. Uh, like a dis, this kind of disparity, like they're allowed to because they're the press and that's the job of journalism is to do this. And you're not, you can't do it back at them because you're the, the subject of the journalism. You're not like, like, it's almost like, it's almost like in their mind, like a cop and a criminal shooting at each other. Like the criminal can't shoot back at the cop because the cop shot at the criminal. The cop is, you know, wielding the gun of the state, you know, and that's how, I mean, that's really how they feel though. Like if you, if you, if you keep that in mind, when you see people like Taylor Lorenz, like justify how they do their, you know, like why they do what they do. Think about what I just said, and you'll—it'll make more sense to you, like why they, how they argue for it. And to kind of piggyback off of that, to kind of go to the larger sort of reaction to the news that Elon Musk is buying Twitter, because this actually dropped on Sunday, so a lot of people were offline. Allegedly, um, I don't—I don't think some people ever really get offline, but whatever. So. <laughs> This didn't really like start blowing up until Monday when people started logging back on and it was like 
the nightmare scenario has happened. The nuclear option, Elon is buying the Twitter. And so a lot of the reactions are basically like that, oh, oh, I'm leaving Twitter. This is all over. This is this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Basically, a lot of people sort of kind of telling on themselves by saying that basically the party's over for them because you're because it, this is all dressed up under the guise of being concerned about content moderation and how is content moderation going to happen under Elon, which to be sure, nobody knows. Nobody knows what's going to happen when Elon Musk runs Twitter. All of this is basically speculation based on how you feel about Elon Musk, basically when it falls down to it. So a lot of these reactions were basically just like, my God, he's going to let all of the bad people back onto Twitter. And then and the, my favorite one is that he's going to let Donald Trump back onto Twitter, which apparently Trump has issued a statement saying that even if he was invited back onto Twitter, he would not come back on because which, obviously. Which well, I would know. not, I would not trust that statement as far as I can toss it, but whatever. Well, That's, I mean, it is, it, it is what he said. You're right that it is. That is what he said. Well, I mean, it would kind of fuck up his whole situation situation with truth social which i mean if he abandoned that platform to go back to twitter i mean that would be like a really bad look but all of this kind of crystallizes how people sort of view their relationship with twitter differently like for some people like and again i always i always make the caveat whenever we as in noam and i discuss this conversation as extremely online people, that there are people who really view this as like an existential threat to their identity, to their ability to do their job insofar as being able to like promote your work and stuff like that. And it's like, we don't even take it that seriously. And I mean, I would say, I mean, we're both Twitter famous and it is important to us, but like, I don't really care who owns Twitter. I, I mean, nothing in my life is going to change particularly. I don't think my experience on Twitter is going to change all that significantly because I was not somebody who was ever part of the class of people who could get away with being an utter and complete jackass on Twitter and not face any consequences for it. And that's where I think a lot of this sort of freak out over Musk buying Twitter is coming from is that the people who felt like they had free reign to act like what the hell ever on the site to flout TOS, to, to engage in activities that are supposed to be banned on the site, but they are allowed to engage in it because of follower count, because of ideological viewpoint, because of whatever. Now they feel threatened because it's like, oh shit. What if Elon Musk comes here and actually starts applying the rules across the board and then I'm the one who ends up getting kicked off Twitter? Yeah, look, I I, I, I use Twitter, like you said, a lot mm-hmm. and uh, I've, I've leveraged it into like career opportunities and all kinds of crap like that. And I unironically, this isn't, I don't, I'm not saying this in a meme way or whatever. I legitimately think that if this move made Twitter less important, that would be very good. 
Like, I don't, like, I think Twitter should be less influential. Like, I legitimately think that. I think it's too influential for what it is. It's non-representative of society at large. It uh, it skews both politically and uh, uh, socioeconomically. And it definitely skews heavily like media political class. I said it functions more like a lobby group than a town square, um, which is bad. Like it, that shouldn't that's it shouldn't be like that. And so if, if it decentralizes the importance of Twitter, that would be a good thing. Um, and yeah, like like you said, people are afraid. I think there's a, also an element of um, of a, of tantrum. Like, you know how you, you have, like, like you feel like I have to do something and the literal only thing I can do in this situation is leave. Right. <laughs> and I mean, and I, I get that instinct because sometimes you say, I don't know, sometimes like your customer service experience with something is so bad. You're like, you know what? I will go through my life like less conveniently just so I can stop doing business with you. You know, like I'm so mad at this moment that I will like pay more for flights forever so that I will never have to get on airline X because you piss me off so much or whatever. And that's kind of what this feels like. But there is, I think that there, there is always this hope of like, well, if enough of us do this at once, then A, maybe we can like create a different, community or somehow make a difference. Cause you know, they tried to do that shit too. There was some bullshit article that Ben Collins wrote uh, for NBC about how the, 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 the user fluctuations were real, but then he like attributed, he went through all this weird, like he got weird numbers. Cause he said, Katy Perry lost 200,000 followers. And then people looked up her social blade and said, that's not what the number said. But also like he decided that all of the people who unfollowed Katy Perry was apolitical people fleeing Twitter. But all the people like following Tucker Carlson, uh, you know, are conservative. I mean, that's true. That part is probably true, right? Although Tucker Carlson probably has shit tons of hate followers. You know, if I, if to judge by like, cause there's two people who follow me and if they retweet me, I know I gotta like shut off replies instantly because their hate followers are gonna swarm. One of them is Ben Shapiro and the other is Megan McCain. They apparently just have tons of people who just reply to people they retweet with like annoying like, eh, fuck you, and it's just that. And so like, if I see that they retweeted me, I'm like, ah, click, click, <laughs> yes. And it's not like, and that's not a knock against them. Like it's not their fault. They just have like hordes of hate followers. And I can, I, I only imagine that Tucker Carlson does as well. You know, he probably, you know, 60,000 people refollowed him because he got back on Twitter at least 20,000 of them are hate followers, you know yeah. what I mean? But like, but, but so like I said, they were trying to make, a, they were trying to turn this into a, Twitter is uh, u- losing its user base in favor of a smaller, but more radically right-wing user base. Establish this weird narrative already. Trying to make it seem bad, trying to sabotage this in every way. Like I said, trying to like appeal to the NFL that the clock still had 
0.7 seconds on it, and we're going to have to bring everybody back to the stadium to run to run this fourth down play again because you can maybe do an onside kick and then call a timeout and then kick a 69-yard fucking field goal in the snow. And then win this, and win this, and have them take the. Tr- it's like La La Land and fucking Moonlight. Like take the take the trophy away from the person. <laughs> and be like, give me that, give me that. I'm giving it to your, It's I'm giving it to Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, but that's why I pointed out at the top of this that Elon Musk at this current moment does not run Twitter. He does not technically own Twitter right now. So any conspiracy theory that you want to come up with as far as follower counts or who's who's gaining them, who's losing them, you're coming up with these theories about the current management. Like this is not, again, this is not like going to the store and just buying something and giving them your money and then you just walk out of the store and like, okay, this is mine now. Yeah, I mean, but something weird happened and I, I, I'm I'm inclined to, there needs to be like a, you know, Hanlon's razor, it's like Occam's razor, but Hanlon's <laughs> razor says that uh, never assume like malice uh, when, you know, when like when it can be, inco- when you can blame it on incompetence. Or whatever, yeah. and so I tend to assume that like weird Twitter shit is a bug, is some bug. They're doing an update. There's something yeah. weird things happen, but some weird shit has been going on the last couple of days. And then there was like a report that they were locking down certain uh, features because mm-hmm. they didn't want anybody tampering, and that would have sounded conspiratorial if not for the fact that it fucking happened. A few times there was that thing where all of the verified accounts got hacked and then they turned shut off all of the verified accounts. There was that thing where uh, somebody leaked an image of their like admin console that had the ability to shadow ban people yeah. after they said they can't that that didn't exist. So like we know that that uh, somebody there was a a disgruntled employee who uh, deleted Trump's account at some point. I don't know if you remember this. This was like a brief thing. And then it came right back and they were like, it was someone who got fired and did it on their way out the door. So like that shit does exist. And so, and so I don't know. That's the problem is who knows how things work there. You don't know. It's clearly there's some weird things, but I have no idea if it's that or not that or a botnet's, that are exploiting this news to make things seem weird. I don't know what the fuck's going on, right? It can be something we don't even uh, consider. Uh, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's been like half an hour. Let's uh, let's take a call. We got a couple of yeah, people in the call here. Awesome. Let's take the first call. I'm just going to slowly ratchet up so that Nick knows that I'm going to go to him and I'm going to give it like a roll up. So we are going to go, my fingers reaching out Matrix style, to Nick. Hey, Nick. Hey, guys. How are you? (laughs) How you doing? (laughs) Got it. We got it. We got it. (laughs) Um, First comment related back to the beginning, uh, you guys were talking about kind of the white knighting in the media for, you know, this lady that didn't really need protection. Yeah. I actually went back and listened to that podcast, not to plug another podcast, but 
I listened to that whole podcast with Rogan and Tim Pool and and uh, Jack. Yeah. I'd never I'd never heard it before. She, I thought she came off incredibly impressive uh, in that interview. She was just them them all navigating complex issues together. Uh, she conceded a lot of points, admitted where they were wrong. Um, I thought her attitude, and really everyone's attitude on that podcast, um, it was a really interesting conversation. Um, and you could tell, like, just by the way she carried herself, um, and she was pretty honest and, and upfront in, in that podcast, that she didn't seem like someone who would claim victim status. Uh, there you go. I don't, you know, again, I don't, I don't think people understand that, like, you don't, you don't get to a place like, like, like uh, someone like she does uh, without being like good at what you do. Like, it's just, I don't know what, yeah, like, she's clearly not a stupid woman. Look, I said, I said this on Twitter. I said, wokeness is bad, but there is a clear, like, uh, uh, anti woke to nut job pipeline. And I think that at some point, you get this weird idea that, um, hold on, let me mute, let me mute you, Nick, or you mute yourself when you're not talking. There you go. Um, that there's a, that, 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 uh, that, uh, anyone who's like a woman or a, a, a lesbian or a minority of any kind, like was just like whisked to her position of, of authority and whatever. And that's like in a situation like this, that's pro- almost certainly not true. I mean, I'm sure there's like, inst- there are definitely instances of this happening, but like she, like I said, she's been there 11 years and she's gone through their biggest controversies the Trump banning was probably Twitter's number one biggest controversy ever. And it happened over a year ago. And she got a 130% raise after that. Clearly, they were extremely happy with how she navigated this super high profile, really risky position. And so, like, yeah, to assume that she's just like some kind of like diversity hire or whatever is you're really underestimating this chick, right? Or whatever. I don't want to call her a chick because blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I just spent most of this pod like giving her props, saying like, I think that ideologically she and I probably like uh, are, are, are big adversaries, but on every other level, like, I give her full props for fucking being a huge millionaire. Uh, who's a big shot in her industry, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, she's clearly not a stupid woman. I mean, this is somebody who has managed to actually make it to that position, and uh, and I'm sure it's a very stressful, difficult position to be in. I'm sure it's a lot of hours. I mean, it's a very front-facing position, and like I said, I'm sure this is not the first time people have tweeted mean things at her. So I like it's like the whole thing is just stupid. Yeah, I, I, I gained a lot of respect for her, even though I obviously disagree on ideologically in some places. Um, but that was an incredible podcast to listen to. It was from 2019. And it, I mean, it talked about banning people for vaccines, denial, like before COVID and stuff. It basically mm-hmm. predicted like the inter- the uh, January 6th incident almost because they were, you're banning, you're putting all conservatives, you know, in a dark, quiet place. Um, just making things worse by banning oh, it from Twitter. Um, it was a really interesting lesson. Um, and uh, the thing that maybe hopefully might be the best advantage um, is maybe making it a, a private company. 
Um, yes. They kept. Talk- I mean, I've worked for public companies and private companies, and public companies do make the dumbest decisions imaginable because everything they do, they have to worry about the stock price and active users and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, their major concern in that podcast was people being harassed uh, to keep their user count up. Um, so, I mean, you have to kind of not almost not care about increasing your users and your stock price to be able to be more geared towards free speech. Yeah, well, we'll see, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that works out. And that has been one of the biggest kind of discussions about Elon taking this private, which is that, well, how exactly does he plan on running this platform private? And so there's, there's the questions of, okay, advertising revenue and follower accounts and active subscribers and stuff like that. And it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly how that's approached once this does go back to being a private company versus being a publicly traded company. Yeah, and there is uh, – I was listening to uh, to another podcast uh, the commentary uh, podcast uh, discussed this as well, and uh, and yeah, they were talking about all kinds of um, mon- monetization schemes that might scare a lot of these grifters who like make their living on Twitter. Because uh, what if Twitter, as a private company, says like, "Look, what we're going to do is like, if you have a million, if you have you know over five hundred thousand followers or whatever, if you want to hawk your wares on Twitter, you got we we got to take a you know you got to pay us a percentage, you know." Like in the same way you would do like an Amazon marketplace. And yeah. so it won't be a paid service for you, the end user. But if you want to say, you know, if you're making giant numbers for your whatever business, you can't do that without paying us, giving us some. And so uh, obviously all of these people would hate that and be scared of that. And maybe that also might motivate them to like oppose this kind of idea. Um, I think we're going to go to Neil. Uh, thank you so much, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Uh, how do I do this? Oops. Just push the button. Neil, you're on the air. Hey. How's it going? Okay, so I think Elon tweeted something really interesting um, like three hours ago. And it was actually in response to Ben Shapiro's tweet. Right? So uh, Ben wrote, uh, at Elon Musk, Twitter should be politically neutral. WAPO and every other left-wing blue check mark. You guys are giving away your game. And Elon responded, attacks are coming thick and fast, primarily from the left, which is no surprise. However, I should be clear that the right will probably be a little unhappy too. My goal is to maximize area under the curve of total human happiness, which means around 80% of people in the middle. So I wonder what he's referring to that he thinks that he's going to do that will make the right unhappy. And I had two main ideas. One is that he might not bring back everyone that's banned that a lot of people on the right want brought back. Like, presumably, if he's talking about free speech and stuff, he has to bring back at least Trump, right? But then presumably some of the other people, maybe not, he won't get bring back everyone. And then my other idea was that he's also, um, he also tweeted about wanting to authenticate all real humans. And so a lot of people, not just on the right, but a lot of people in general don't, like, don't know what that means or what, um, if they're going to oppose what he what kind of authentication. And so maybe he is going to authenticate people and he thinks that people will be upset at that on the right. So I was wondering what you guys thought. I think I'm finally going to get my damn blue check. <laughs> <laughs> finally. 
Finally. Yes. But, you know, again, again, here's an inter- another interesting but, thing I think that yeah. separates us, uh, the us from the them, is the idea that, like, I, I got, it took me fucking years to get verified. I would love for it to mean less than it does. I think it shouldn't be, uh, because I, as someone who had a large following before they became verified, I can tell you that having a blue check makes people assume you're way more important than you are. Like I got all kinds of people both following me and attacking me who would not have given me a second glance if I had the exact follower count that I did, but I was not verified. It's really weird. I mean, it's not weird. It makes perfect sense mm-hmm. it, I'm, it, in, in it, considering like the way the system works. But it, I'm saying it shouldn't. It's that's not a good thing. I don't like that. I don't like that. I have this like weird false legitimacy that people just assume because I was somehow able to finally, after years of like tweaking it and talking to people and what and and uh, and, and asking Jack Dorsey directly <laughs> one time, uh, which is a, a funny story that I can't really tell the entire details here of, but uh, just to say, like, I had a chance to speak to Jack Dorsey, and like the second thing I said to him was, "Hey, can you verify me?" Um, and uh, but um, uh, and he he didn't, but he was very nice, by the way. I never mind. Um, uh, uh, so yeah, like that kind of, uh, verification, um, like Neil said, like, I'm not sure how you would do that without like, uh, somebody giving their, like, I don't know what actual ID, some kind of, uh, cause everybody wants to talk about like block the blockchain and the, in, uh, 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 web three. Yeah, but but like incorporating like new methods of like double blind verification of some sort because like that in 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 theory that's a thing that could happen. Meaning, uh, invent a system where you feed it like a, you know like your driver's license or whatever, right? And it all the uh, all the the person like all Twitter gets is a hash, right? They don't get that thing. But that's just the verification. And so like they know that you're this is a you or whatever. But then for what purpose are they verifying you? So if you say if you like commit a crime, they can then come after you. It's a it's a complicated situation. Also, Elon Musk says a lot of things and does some of the things, right? <laughs> because yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and, and you know what? And and sometimes I hold that against him. And other times I think it's fine to say, here are the big ideas I think we should have. And then to come later and say, okay, these two big ideas are like uh, impractical right now, right? Um, I, that, I think it's fine to think that way. Like think big and then maybe some of your, like have, have like a high like uh, goals, and then maybe some of them like just don't work out. Um, but I, I like that idea is like 80%. I was just thinking of like the midwit meme, but like the people <laughs> in the middle are like the smart ones in this one. And like on the right, you have like on the right and the left, you have like the extreme, like the hard right and the hard left, both like reeing over, I don't know, 
somebody not being worse, Alex Jones not being allowed back on Twitter or something like that. And then everybody in the middle being like, yeah, this is this is all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting about the current blue check qualification system, and I tweeted about this and there was just like a bunch of other shit going on at the time. But for those of you who don't remember, for a long, 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 long time, Twitter got rid of the ID verification system. They just they shut it down. They wouldn't verify anything. Of, it was because of Charlottesville, of all the things. Because some, one of the people who organized the Charlottesville thing, I think it was Kessler, was it Jason Kessler or something like that? Was a, veri- was a verified account. And that created some kind of tsunami of like both de-verifying him and then they de-verified uh, Milo Yiannopoulos all kinds of people like that. And then it turned into this thing where they panicked because then they were taking shit from like, people were like, how dare you verify this person? And this person was verified and how did they get verified? So they kind of panicked and shut it off for years for fucking five years or something. Yeah, it was shut off for years. And then when they brought it back, when they brought it back, it was not simply just ID verification in order to get a blue check right now. And I know this because I have tried to do this. We have tried to do this for me. Yeah. Um, I still think that we, if we do it again, I might, you might, you know what? Let's do Let's yeah. say now because we've been procrastinating. Yeah. We're gonna, put a, put let's see if we, yes, let's yeah, put a pin in it. Let's see if we'll do it. I think we're going to take one more. We're going to give it one more go. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's not simply just ID verification at this point. There are criteria that you have to meet. Like you have to, okay, if you want to say, do this as you're saying that you are a journalist, you have to submit pieces and then they have to approve the pieces and say that, okay, these are pieces were published. You had X amount of pieces published in major publications under this amount of time. But my whole thing was when they brought that back, I'm like, okay, so you're finally admitting that the blue check system is not simply about ID verification. It's about verifying that you are somebody of import and therefore is deserving of a blue check, which is the opposite of what Twitter always argued with the blue check system. There was always some bullshit because when I, so I, I spent two years uh, emailing back and forth with uh, someone at Twitter who was like their media verification liaison. This was before there was like, uh, this, you know, during the freeze. This was how yeah. you did it. You, you asked around until somebody gave you an email, like it was fucking, <laughs> like you're bu- buying pot in high school. You gotta like... <laughs> I need a blue check dealer, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, somebody Don't gives it. you, yeah, somebody gives you the phone number, right? And so like, and, and, and at the time I was an editor at a magazine, like a proper editor. And like this person said like, okay, give me this and that info. And she said, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm transferring it to the verification team. And then we just got to wait and we wait and months and months go by. And the excuse then for why it was taking that long was, oh, it's COVID. And we're verifying all these medical professionals because Mm -hmm. we want to combat the thing. And it's, and it's apparent, this is apparently like, taken up ever so much of everybody's time. I don't know what the fuck's going on because when I finally got verified, when they turned the system on, I tried twice and failed twice. And the thing that finally did it was that I tweaked my bio so that my, uh, 
my job description and my Twitter bio was exactly, exactly the same as it appeared on my employer's website. Like, you know, with all the dashes and all the shit like that. And that, and then it got, I got verified in like under an hour. Like after all of these years and all of that stuff, a, a small bio tweak where I was like, I'm just going to cross every T and dot every I just to be extra super sure because that's actually the kind of person I tend to be in general. <laughs> and yeah, like I remember I went to take a shower and I got out of the shower and I got I saw an email on my phone. You've been verified. And I just I remember staring at it like – after all this time, this is that was the thing. And so it's, you know, it's a weird, like you said, it's like a weird wonky thing. And it's absolutely a status symbol. It's mm -hmm. not, it's, it's not even a joke. It makes, it makes me uncomfortable, like for real sometimes. What, where people talk to me like, you know, like, oh, you like I'm a blue check and I'm like, I'm actually not like I'm verified, but I'm actually not. I'm actually not. But you was because I use that phrase, too, and I use it to describe different kinds of people than me. I mean, the one saving grace about me not getting my blue check before is that once you get your blue check, you can't change your handle yeah. So at least I was able to change my handle before I get my blue check. Some people can't. Other people seem to be able to. Like Ben Smith is able to constantly yeah. change his at name because now he's he now he's uh, he's ben the NYT. No, well, I mean that was before. I mean, and then yeah. he was Ben Smith, but now he's the then his new thing. It's called like. Uh, yeah, he started a new platform, not, right? Not megaphone. He was in my replies today, so I'll I, I can go look. There was a whole everybody jumped in my replies today. Oh, semaphore. That's the thing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it's the thing with the I think semaphore, I think about the Monty Python sketch about where they do weathering heights in semaphore code and so they're, <laughs> they're doing the flags to each other. That's very it's very funny. <laughs> Very funny skin. Uh, Neil, you got anything else? Um, on the topic of verification, it's just, it's interesting how, like, they brought it back, but it's still, like, so opaque, right? It's still, like, because some people get it on their first, like, submission, right? They get it. And then other people, I follow this one manga author, and he's applied, it's like a meme. He's applied, like, every time. He's been rejected every time. and But he's still, he's, like, like, hundreds of thousands of followers he's like the real person it's just like really it's really interesting how like he can't get verified even though like, there's some there's just weird know. they're weird stages you gotta follow do you know that guy you know caleb do you know that guy he's a venezuelan shit poster essentially no no i'm not familiar he's just he's a he's a dude who lives in venezuela he's trying to get out of venezuela or whatever and he's literally just like a meme poster he doesn't use his real name he uses a pseudonym or whatever and he's he tried he submitted for verification like on the can and got <laughs> verified somehow and was like that was the same day i did i thought someone that day might have like I, I even said to him, I said, maybe this was someone's like last day at, at work and they were just like, verify, verify, verify. Everybody gets verified today. <laughs> that was our theory. I was like, that's the only, 
that's the only way I can explain it. Um, and so, but that that proves your point. Where it's this weird and 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 uh, and uh, and people like Elon Musk and people like Jack Dorsey, by the way, they don't like that. Like they they would rather it be some kind of uh, internet, you know, NFT internet where your identity online is in itself some sort of non-fungible token that then you are a verified person in an, in a way that's independent from like every platform. And so it's not like Twitter has a database of everybody's like uh, driver's license, but you have some sort of unique, uh, you know, ID code of sorts, you know, like imagine your username, you use Neil, your username everywhere. I use my username essentially everywhere. Like imagine that being your actual like quote unquote name, you know, like the username that's tied to your kind of digital identity. And that lives independently of like the database of Facebook or the database of Twitter. That's not a bad that's not a bad use for like NFT blockchain technology, I think. No. But yeah, that's, that is actually kind of interesting. And I wonder, cause I know, I mean, Elon's kind of, I mean, he's not super into crypto, but I mean, he, he sent Dogecoin to the moon that one time. And I also remember the other day when I was searching through things, Remember the time that he just decided to announce that Twitter stock was going to be four hundred twenty dollars? Yeah, and 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 sixty nine cents or whatever yes. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is that. By the way, I think that's why he's hated by a lot of people. Uh, uh, in in a similar sort of way to how Trump is hated, it's because he doesn't act like every other billionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's that by itself, like really scares people. People are like billionaires <laughs> are supposed to act like even if they're evil, even if they're Jeff Bezos <laughs> or, or Mark Zuckerberg, who are not good people. They're still they're like weird, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg. There'll be yeah. a video of him like throwing a javelin or doing like a wakeboard, <laughs> you know, and Jeff Bezos will like go into space, but like be mild mannered about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And Elon Musk like will post the memes and be like <laughs> yes. and be like a and just be like a hugely shit posty kind of person, right? Change his avatar to like an anime figure, right? And that kind yeah. of scares people because they're like, oh boy, what's he gonna do with all this money? <laughs> this crazy man with all this money. Um and I think right before we end, I I prom because mm-hmm. Elon Musk, space, Mars. I just I just had to say that I freaked out over the pictures of the um, the Mars helicopter ingenuity. Uh, it was flying around taking pictures of the thing that uh, helped it land because the way the so the uh, the Mars helicopter was attached to the latest Mars rover that they sent the Perseverance rover, and the way these rovers land the old rovers the. the uh, the Spirit and Opportunity rovers, the way they landed on Mars was in a giant uh, parachute ball kind of thing, inflatable thing that bounced and bounced and bounced and then finally came to rest and like deflated. But these latest two, the uh, the uh, the Curiosity and the Perseverance, the way they landed is like they fell with like a thing that had a parachute and out of it came this fucking 
thing with the rockets that then lowered the robot on a winch. There's fucking, and it took video of itself doing this, right? Yeah. Lowered it to the ground and then flew itself off and crashed or whatever. <laughs> but one of the, th- that the initial shell with the parachute on it also like floats away and crashes somewhere. And this Mars helicopter filmed that crash site from the air in an image that's just like kind of mind blowy. I don't know. Cause it's just like a little aerial photograph of Mars, a thing we've never really had before like that. And it's, yeah, it's kind of amazing. And I, I said uh, like uh, a thing that uh, geeks me out, especially is when we, we take a picture of a thing we put on Mars with another thing we put on <laughs> Mars <laughs> Like that, and you know, like, cause it's so far away and this all needs to be done like in advance. Like you're not controlling anything in real time. You're literally like sending a bunch of instructions to this thing, waiting around for it to send you like it's complete picture. That's, that's crazy. Uh, and yeah, like, and just the fact that like the th- things that we put there can like see each other is sort of mind blowing. If you have read or watched The Martian. That's a big plot point in The Martian where he has to get to one of the old rovers because it has like a radio that he can use. Spoiler alert for a, yeah. an old movie at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's obviously this all ties in because one of Elon's biggest things is like, we're going to go terraform Mars. Like we're, we're going to move to Mars. And so I made a joke about, you know, tweeting from Mars and how like if you wanted to tweet from Mars, it would take – you actually pointed out it would take like minutes to travel between here. Yes, there would be a weird delay. Everyone would yeah. be like, we would, they would always make, so every, they would always make the Martian jokes first. They would like beat us to all the Mars memes mm-hmm. and we would beat them to all the Earth memes. We'd be like, <laughs> we were making that joke 15 minutes ago. Speed of light. Speed of, speed, speed of light. Um, but, uh, I, but, but you know what? That Mar, uh, speaking of Musk and Mars, like last point before we, we say goodnight. Uh, is that because uh, people said, like, why would he, you know, this much money and it's just Twitter and he could solve world hunger and save the climate and build a Gundam? I don't know what. But um, but he thinks in large timescales. And I do think that in his mind, he thinks like I this might be a gamble worth it for what Twitter might be in 15 years from now. Right. As opposed to what Mm -hmm. it necessarily is right now or at this moment. And he actually has the kind of capital to make a gamble like that doesn't mean it'll work. But also, like I said, he's he's talking about Mars, which is a decades long effort. This isn't something that's going to happen within the next 20. I mean, if it's if I mean, if we put people on Mars in the next 20 years, I'm going to be super impressed. Not because of technological restrictions uh we are more limited now by the speed of like you know of money of like the way things are approved and slowly in private industry when we went to the moon we were actually racing the soviet union to the moon which is how we did it like quickly and on the cheap and on like relative on the cheap and whatever uh i don't know that we're that there's going to be a thing that motivates us like that. So it'll take a while, but he, he, and he knows that he's just not, he just thinks, he thinks big. It's hard when we have short lifespans, we need to like, that's the thing we got to figure out. Right. Yeah. And I always think about these things like logistically, like, okay, if you want to terraform Mars, how are you going to get people 
to Mars because that's a very long process. And then obviously you got to think about, okay, what are you going to do with people? Are you going to like put them in a deep sleep? Are they just going to like hang out on a ship for years or like yeah. Radi radi work? radiation is a big thing. Go, you can, yeah. uh, you can all go read the Mars trilogy by Kim Stanley Robinson's science fiction trilogy. That's actually like full of actual science about a potential future in which we colonize Mars. It's very interesting. And yeah, radiation is a big problem. Uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you for joining us for this episode of All Crossed Out. Um, I, there's not much to say. We're going to be you know, back as usual on Sunday with, uh, or Monday actually, with uh, Ambitious Crossover Attempt. And uh, yeah, uh, Jen, uh, plugs? Um, I mean, obviously, you could follow me at that Jen Monroe. I'm on Substack at jenmonroe.substack.com. You already know where to find the podcast, more than likely. But if you don't, it's Ambitious Crossover. You can find it on Google Play. You can find it on Apple. You can find it on Spotify, Amazon slash Audible, all the different podcast catchers. And yeah, okay, you turn, you go. Okay, um, I am Neon Taster on Twitter and uh, also on YouTube youtube.com slash c slash neon taster and twitch.tv slash neon taster uh and uh yeah that's uh that's that's about it thank you everybody and jen and uh neil and uh nick and uh yeah uh all of i see a lot of uh i see a lot of uh returning uh, faces in the crowd thank you for the people who listen on the app that helps us a lot uh, and yeah, we, uh, we've been having a ton of fun doing these. So, uh, we hope you too, uh, have had fun. So, uh, good night, Jen and good night, everyone. Absolutely. Good night, everybody. Good night, Noam.